so so welcome for this slightly new look season recap which i think is probably going to stay with us um for the rest of the podcast so alistair green who is definitely is here i've seen his name um there he is i can see a thumbs up alistair this is alistair's idea the weeby awards where we kind of award uh the novelty novelty trophies to different aspects of season five reflecting on the bits that we loved and some of the bits that we didn't um, and also we want to hear from from you guys a lot more uh, as, as the course of today goes on as well. Um, oh, Rachel's just here. I'm just admitting Rachel. Um, so we want to we want to hear from you guys as well. We'll have a, bits of trivia, etc. as we go on as well. So the rough kind of outline of today uh, is we'll, we'll kind of go through our different awards. We'll pause at some moments to hear from you. Uh, if everyone could obviously keep their, their microphones off, that would be amazing. Um, and at, at some points, we will ask you, um, kind of go to the phones. Has anyone got any comments on this episode? And then if you could use the kind of hands up function on Zoom, we can then select a few of you to, to contribute. We'll try and get as many of you to speak over the course of the evening as possible. Um, but really, we're just here to chat Frasier, chat season five. Um, it doesn't need to be too formal. Uh, Steve, I notice you've got a beautiful new microphone in front of you. Do you want to talk to us all about that before we get going? I would like to say a huge apologies for the awful technical issues we had <laughs> in the last episode of season five, actually, when we recorded it. Um, the MacBook that I'm now currently recording on uh, is a replacement because the original one died. And I had to use an iPad and some AirPods, which gave a really bad recording. Thank you so much to those who contributed to purchase this beautiful mic for the We're Listening podcast, because now, guess what? You can hear me quite clear, and my voice is probably more irritating than you believed it was before. Um, <laughs> but I just I can't thank those that contributed enough. It's very, very kind of you to um, supply this for the podcast. Obviously, it belongs to the podcast. It doesn't belong to me. Um, and like I say, thanks to those who gave very generously to afford that for us, because it, as you can tell, it, it gives us a much better quality of recording. And uh, moving into season six, obviously, hopefully we won't have any more technical issues. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, your generosity knows no bounds. And of course, there will be people not here tonight who contributed as well. But you, you, all, you all make this podcast what it is. So thank you so much for that. And, and for being here um you'll notice some sports shirts behind us as well so steve has got the toronto blue jays behind him i have got an aston villa shirt which is much less visible because the quality of my webcam is terrible uh we've both been on a bit of a purple patch of form our respective teams haven't we steve well the jays need one game now to clinch the playoffs so let's fingers crossed tonight i may be keeping a little bit of an eye on the score because they are playing the tampa bay rays about now um in toronto so if i suddenly jump up and dance around you'll know what's happened 
Yeah, and we are currently fourth in the Premier League, um, which is the highest we've been for a very long time. So long may that continue. But without further ado, let's get to our first award of the Weebies this evening, which is the Martin's Chair Award, which is an episode of go-to comfort, but not necessarily the best episode of the season. And we're definitely going to be going to the phones to ask for some of your contributions shortly. Um, there's a little bit of overlap with some of my awards. Steve, I want you to kick things off today. What did you go with for the Martin's Chair Award? I actually found this one in season five to be very difficult to pick. Mm. Um, I didn't find that in season five there was a very comfortable, comforting episode. Um, yeah. But I did go for the 1000th episode. Really? I have also gone for that episode. Tell me why why you picked that. Because I think for some people, the weird fish out of water scenario could be the absolute opposite of comforting. And yet we've both we've both disagreed with that. So why have you why have you picked it? So you're it? saying the flying fish, you mean? Um, <laughs> the flying fish. <laughs> I, I think the fact that Frasier <laughs> gets humbled, doesn't he? I mean, he, he really he does. does think that everyone's about him. But his personality completely changes when he meets John the driver. And I think when we, I think I'm pretty sure I reviewed this with you. And yes, it just did. totally changes the tone and actually realizes that the whole thing isn't really about him. Life's not just about Frazier. And he actually realizes there's other people out there. I think that it's one of the ones that we actually discussed that he actually does help someone for the first time, you know, in a long time. Frazier actually does give decent advice and actually help someone, which is quite rare sometimes. He's very selfish in some of his advice given. And I think that's why it was comforting to me that you actually see a different side of Frasier, or, or maybe it's the true side of Frasier. Um, and, and that's why I had to pick that episode, really. Yeah, no, really, really well justified. Now, I've not got loads to say that's very different to that. But yeah, I've just I've always loved this episode. Um, I remember saying this quite overtly in the review. I think it's Frasier and Niles being together um, whenever they're together and they're speaking in a relatively profound way they're talking about kind of their celebrity or their lives or, or Fraser celebrity there's just something about the two of them in this episode on the monorail on the streets walking through pipe place um i've always just found it really cozy and comforting and the kind of ambient sounds of the city that they're moving through as well there's something inherently novel as well about the fact they're they're walking through seattle um I mean, you'll know better than I do. Are they actually walking through kind of real parts of the city there or is elements of it kind of studio lost? I think you've talked about this in the review. Have I put you on the spot there? Well, no, they they are actually in Seattle, mm. aren't they? It's filmed in Seattle. Um, Pike Place Market, et cetera, is uh, very prominent in the episode. Is there actually anyone here that's living in Seattle? One guy did say he was going to join us from Seattle. I don't know if they're are they here. That would be amazing. No one's nodding, so I presume they're not here yet. Um, <laughs> there was a guy on Instagram, and he said he's actually currently living in Seattle, and he said if he could join, if the, if the time allowed him, then he would actually tell us a little bit about what life in Seattle is like. Um, but obviously, yeah, I mean, in the episode themselves, they, you know, they go to the Space Needle, that actually is them there. I think we, we discussed in the episode, they actually picked up the whole cast and crew and flew them across America to be in Seattle for, I presume, probably a week of table reads, dress rehearsals, etc., and uh, walking around Seattle, which must have been strange, actually, for Kelsey. I wonder how many people in Seattle at the time had been watching the show and actually did see him, and he was waving, shouting, I'm listening, and people just thought he was actually generally mental. But, um, I mean, yeah, going back to it, I think that's just why that episode stood out for me when you've you know named it the Martin's Chair Award. I think that is that, that does give that level of comfort, doesn't it? Mm, absolutely and this is an award that i could pretty much just sit and ruminate over for every season because 
as I've said a billion times, and everyone here will be bored of me saying, this show is so cosy, it's so comforting, that it's all it's the lens that I see the show through more than any other. So I'm always thinking about this kind of pick. And so that's that's kind of a lovely award to open with. Um, let's go to the phones for the first time. Does anyone want to maybe contribute their pick for season five's comfiest episode? If you If you do, just pop your hand up and we'll kind of select you to talk. Don't worry if you're not comfortable unmuting. You can post something in the chat as well. Um, we'll give you kind of a second. Oh, Alistair Green, please unmute yourself, sir. All right. Can you hear me? I can indeed. Wonderful. I love the thousandth episode, but it kind of left me wanting more. I wish they'd done another episode or two in Seattle. But for me, the one I found the most comfort in was um, the perspectives on Christmas. I think mm. it's because I love the holiday episode and I love seeing all the different perspectives from each character. There's nothing like going home for Christmas. So I think yeah. for me, that's the most comfortable one of them all. Beautiful. Very good really, yeah, really well justified. I definitely thought about this as well because of Christmas. And yeah, that's lovely. Thank you, Alistair. Uh, James? Uh, yeah, first date because of the hominess between Niles and Daphne there and them sharing a dinner together at the end, even though it came up through farcical uh, intentions. And it had that hominess, which is comforting. Yeah, it is absolutely the fact it's in Montana, that kind of domestic bliss, even if it is idealized that the two of them enjoy. Uh Patrick, let's make you our, our kind of final pick for Martin's chair. Um, I would probably have to say, I mean, I did like perspectives on Christmas, honestly, quite a bit, but the ski lodge, I actually just watched that this week. Um, and that just like I feel like that's one of the few episodes that legitimately makes me laugh out loud every time I watch it, no matter what kind of mood you're in. You pop that on and you're just immediately laughing. And then I actually watched to the end of the episode and finally saw that final credit scene and thought that that was pretty funny. I never watched that before. So brilliant. Yeah, really good. Some three great picks there. Um, and also there's a lot of people contributing in the in the chat as well. So do keep the chat open if you're, if you're not looking there. There's kind of all kinds of Frasier hijinks happening over there as well. So please do. Please do take a look. Uh, Corey, our quiz master, Cadre Chief, has arrived. Corey, how are you doing? Oh, we can't hear you, Corey. It's okay. I'll come back to you in a second. Oh, yeah, how about that? Oh, we can hear you now. We, we can hear you now. Sorry, I was having Zoom issues. I'm doing well. Good to see everyone. Excellent. It's lovely to see you. Um, can we put you right on the spot and just take this moment to... Ask, do you have any trivia for Steve and I? You've got some. Look, he's holding up paper, everyone. I can see so. a list. I'm dreading it already. <laughs> <laughs> I can see one of those seven-part questions he's so fond of. Um, Corey, take it away. Whatever you prepared for this particular recap, let's have it. Yes. And uh, forgive, you know, it's Halloween time. Forgive the appearance. I'm not. I'm just undead, not uncouth. <laughs> um, question number one, kind of for Will, but... I know sometimes he has a hard time remembering some things he said. So, Steve, if you could help him out. <laughs> In the review of Beware of Greeks, Will revealed his favorite herb. What was it? Oh, I'm. Uh, it's got to be parsley. Final answer. Yeah, wrong, an wrong answer. No, final. Is that your final uh, answer? Uh, it is my final answer. If it's wrong, I'm going to just leave. You are correct. Oh, your own trivia, Will. You imagine well, not well, knowing well, your well. own favorite herb. That's what <laughs> Trivia Corner has done to me. It's made me doubt even the most basic <laughs> facts of myself. Well, this is this is a bit of a prep, but I think it'll be worth it. In right. the review for Bad Dog, 
Will was asked as a trivia question who the Man of the Year award was named after. Will's reply heralded the next Kennedy Burling character in the We're Listening lore. Can either of you name the man that Will named who was immediately christened the first and always winner of the Kennedy Burling Man of the Year Award. <laughs> I literally, I can't, I, I, it's going to be something really kind of British sounding, like some kind of farcical Evelyn War character or something from, yeah, some kind of aristocratic tweed wearing guy. Steve, have you got any ideas on this one? Corey, can I have the hint in the in the idea of Kennedy Burling? Can I have the initials of the person? <laughs> uh, sure. Um, the initials are M F, and I might actually look to your northern neighbors, Will, uh, for some guidance. My if my, if my geography of of the Great Isles is uh, correct, I for some reason I have the name Montgomery in my head. Um, but I, I, I don't. I'm going to go with Montgomery. Montgomery Furlong. I've got no idea. Does anyone, anyone list, anyone listening, have any idea? It, pop your hand up if anyone thinks they remember. Or put it in the chat. Pop it in the chat if you think you, if you think you remember the answer to this one. Because um, this is, this is staggering. Kennedy Burling all over again, isn't it? It really it, is. It, it, I don't think it's as grand a name as Kennedy Burling, but he was christened as the next person okay. in the lore. Yeah. Did he at least go to Princeton at all? You know, this this name to me doesn't sound very Princeton-esque. It's not very Ivy League. Ivy League. Um, I'm tapping it's, out. It's, maybe, maybe it's Manchester something because they're my northern friends. I, um, I would I would think kind of out of the country. Out of the country. Ooh. But I, I think I think you might have to give us this call. It's a wonderful question. It is the Mr. Mike Foley. Mike Foley. <laughs> Man of the year. Mike Foley. Oh, Mike Foley. Was Mike Foley? Am I right in thinking he was a wrestler? That's Mick. Foley. That's Mick. Foley. Mick, yeah. Mick Foley. Mick Foley. God. Why didn't you ask me that one? <laughs> Steve would be all over that. Be the Attitude that one, yeah. Era. Um, cracking question, cool. Cool. Um, the rest is kind of trivia about trivia. Um, oh, so last last season, um, I tried to do who was nicer to Will with their questions. Was it Steve or Key? Um, do you want to guess who, like, in terms of how many uh, Will got right? Do you want to? Uh, last year it was it was Key. Do we want to guess who it was this year? Given that Key hasn't reviewed as many this season, unless they were staggeringly hard on the episodes he was on, I'm going to have to say Steve was kinder. If I guessed a percentage of how many you've got right of mine towards how many you've got right of Keys, I would say you got more of Keys correct. I have the numbers, and oh you're you're wrong about yourself, Steve. You were nicer. Whoa! <laughs> I'll have to Thank you, game. Steve. <laughs> let me let me publicly acknowledge that kindness. You wait yes. till uh, season now, six, mate. <laughs> to, to be fair, you did give Will a lot of bonus points for the Halloween episode, so he did uh, very well in the literature round. Yes, I do believe. Um, I also crunched the numbers. I, I don't want to give out the actual percentages because we're all friends here. But of the three of you, do you want to guess who had the highest accuracy? Of it's definitely not me. Um, I'd say it's key. I think key got a lot right. In I, I do think you are a bit of a sly dog, Steve. I do think you do pretty well. 
Um, I've had some random stabs in the dark, I must admit. There's been, some, <laughs> there's been some sweating and some sort of pacing around and then just plucking random numbers to guess Niall Crane's visual, you know, numbers of candles, etc. I'm, I'm going to go with just Steve. Uh, it was actually Key. Oh, there you go. I knew it would be I, Key. I will pass that on to him. He'll want to, he'll want to know that. You will. Yes. Um. And, sorry, I keep muting because I live by the airport for the planes. Apologize. Um, no, and then, worry. which of our trivia masters from the entire list was the most savage? Oh, and the lowest accuracy. Like you guys did the worst on their questions. I, I've got two names lined up, but go on, Will. What? Well, Hammy is is on there for me because he always asks really hard, like birthday or IMDb related questions, um, or like what do these two actors have in common? And it's like, I don't know, you know, they've both got green eyes. Um, they're great questions, but they're always hard. Uh, and and Niall, Niall Crane, the visuals, they're hard. So I, yeah. I'm going to say, Hammy, what, what, what are you thinking, Steve? I'm out of the two of two people I'm going to pick is either little Bobby Briscoe mm. or Niall Crane, because they both <laughs> tripped me up multiple times. So <laughs> I think actually it's our, our man, little Bobby Briscoe, I think has probably stumped me the most. So, Steve, you're more spot on. It, it was Niall. He has a 32% success Whoa. rate. But that little Bobby Briscoe. Yeah, little Bobby Briscoe's 36. So he's not that far behind. So, <laughs> Steve, I knew it, Bobby. I knew it. We knew it. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Do you have any more on that pad of yours, Core? Yeah, just these are just a few stats for people curious. There were 270 total questions asked, a few we missed because of the tech issues on Ain't Nobody's Business, but I do. There are only four repeat questions this year that we got that Steve is also thinking of. Um, and we just wanted to thank uh, everyone who writes in. Um, Amy and I want to thank uh, Run for Your Life, Amy, Niles Crane, Nile, Little Al in the Glen, Rachel, and uh, Little Bob Big Briscoe, Roland. And there's a couple other people who randomly put some in but those are the main players so father mike and finkelman delighted Amazing. and that's what i got thank you so much Corey. you are just a an extraordinary man thank you for sharing all of that and yeah thank you everyone who writes in trivia if anyone here wants to get involved there's a lovely facebook chat um which you can you can join and offer trivia for season six uh so just get in contact with Corey or hammy um or or message us um, on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll, we'll hook you up. Um, but yeah, I, I believe, Steve, we're now on to our second order of the evening, um, which is, and all of these names came from, uh, <laughs> I think, I think from from Alistair. Um, so kind of very, very, very happy for these. The Aggressive Zinfandel and Chilean Seabass Award, which goes to a quirky, eccentric episode that could be an acquired taste, but that you personally enjoy i love this setup steve what have you gone for and why i don't think people are going to guess that i'd actually did i slate it i don't know how much i slated this episode this is the this is a time where you can completely retcon anything you said on the review <laughs> i've Good. done it so many Good. times I'm, I'm awful that's the best thing about a recap i can go against what i already said um <laughs> ros and the snoz um mm. it is just ridiculous as an episode but having watched it to review it god i laugh at it you know what i mean it, it, the noses are stupid you know it is as a lot of people say online it's very sitcom-y but do you know what it's hilarious it makes me laugh and i don't care if it's a little bit insensitive to people with big noses at the end of the day they're prosthetic do you know what i mean no one's really harmed by it the actors were happy with it, it that's my opinion 
And I just think, Joe, he just makes good comedy. The lines are all set up. The writers, you know, just they just had a laugh with that one. And I just think it is eccentric and quirky. It's it's a it's a dumb episode at the end of the day. Um, and I just find I find it funny. It, it does really make me laugh out loud. So that's my choice. <laughs> that's great. I've just seen a cat on Karen Saxon's on Zoom, which is <laughs> if Shaw was here, she's not. She's she's gone out this evening. She would be going crazy. She would have known that cat was here. Just a sixth sense. Um, I I very nearly put uh, Roz and the Schnoz on on my pick for this for this particular award. Um, and I kind of I, I very much could have, but I thought you know I'm going to maybe try and think about something else. And I've gone for where every bloke knows your name. Uh, and I think it's because the kind of twee Britishness that it leans into. Um, and the show does this a lot because it is a very uniquely British American sitcom uh, in, a, in a strange way. Um, I think the kind of playing up of, of Britishness as this kind of sacrosanct thing that Frasier can't possibly be involved in. Um, that could really be annoying or just not done very well. Um, but it, I think it is done well. And I like the unique setting of the fox and whistle. And I like a little bit of lore for Daphne's backstory. She doesn't just spend 24 hours in 1901. She does actually go out and socialize and have beers with other people. And she has friends that we don't necessarily see all the time. Um, but I can see why the kind of quirks of this episode, the, the, the pub and, and Daphne Frazier conflict, which is a rare thing, it could be it could be weird. Um, just because you beat me by a fortnight doesn't mean I'm giving up this pub. Um, and every time I see a barrel, I want to sing roll out the barrel, you know, and it, it's an alarming the frequency with which I see barrels on a daily basis. Um, but yeah, that that's why that's why I went for that one. But I think Ros and the Schnoz is a great pick as well. As someone with a larger than average nose, <laughs> I, I take no no umbrage at at that episode. Um, I will just Sorry, Sorry yeah, just in there. John Beale has actually just put in the messenger there that he thinks beware of Greeks is a total red herring. And I, I have to agree actually with John, my, my dear good friend over there in uh, America, that it is an absolute red herring. And some of the comments I've just seen come up in the messenger there. Am I right? You know, it, <laughs> I mean, that was, I think we actually enjoyed reviewing it more than watching it, to be quite honest. I think we had quite yeah. a lot of reviewing it, but watching it's, it is painful in places. But I mean, yeah, Massively it, it, so. again, still made me laugh. Still made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm re-watching, obviously, the, the show with, with Charles, and it's her first time through, and we watched the focus group the other day. And I'm kind of, every time we start an episode, I'm always like trying to build in the lore of the podcast and like oh yeah this is a particularly controversial one or it's not a, it's not it's not one people love in the community or certainly not one that we loved on the podcast um and it's interesting to see whether she kind of takes to it or not um but let's let's open up the lines um has anyone got a, a an aggressive zinfandel and chilean sea bass award that they'd like to give out themselves again please do pop your your hand up if you'd like to contribute and anyone is welcome if you've already spoken you are very welcome to do so again um oh laura hughes please hey everyone um so for me it's definitely um fraser gotta have it with nice. lisa edelstein as caitlin partly yeah. because her character is so quirky and out there but even the storyline is just that usual ridiculousness of fraser having to justify his relationship with her and then the howling at the moon moment just like <laughs> sends it over the edge for me. And it gets, it's, it's so quirky and ridiculous, but I still look forward uh, to whenever the episode comes up. Yeah. It's, that's a really, really lovely pick. And I think 
Steve and I reviewing that, the kind of mouse painting, moon howling sort of girl line, <laughs> was probably one of the funniest lines of the whole of season five. That just, it just killed us. I, I, put, I even put it in the kind of podcast episode description because it was just, it was the defining moment of that review. I think um, that line's yeah. actually one of the hardest things I've ever had to try and say without making you <laughs> laugh. And and you nearly wet yourself when I said it, and I just couldn't keep a straight face saying it. It's, it's just brilliant. Uh, Alistair, let's hear your aggressive Zinfandel, good sir. Well, you sort of stole my thunder, both of you, in a wonderful way, because mine is also the Fraser's Got to Have It episode. Oh, nice. It's because I spend 20 minutes waiting for that line. <laughs> I know it's coming, and it, it gets me every time. So for that alone, I love that episode. Absolutely amazing. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, am I right in thinking Hamish is on his way, Steve? I've seen I've just, some kind of... I've just sent him another uh, message with a link. He said the Twitter link wasn't working, but I've just Facebooked so no. hopefully the hamster is on his way. No problem, no problem. Um, well, let's move on to the to the third award. Uh, we're moving at a good pace here this evening. We're not going to keep you all here for two hours, as I know some of the live recaps have run on to, I think, a good hour, maybe a little bit extra, might be on the cards today. Uh, the Clive Roddy Award, um, having just watched this episode again with, with Charles as well, it's fresh in my memory. This is a one-off character that we didn't enjoy. Now, that title does presuppose that no one likes Clive Roddy. I, some, I like Clive. Yeah, I'm sorry. Might, I like there, him. There might be some Clive <laughs> apologists in the in the, in the the crowd, and you're very welcome to do that. Um, Steve, who was a one-off character in this season that you just didn't dig? Straight off the bat, Lady Godiva, Camille Grammer. Terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible actress. <laughs> Done. That's all I need to say. We just don't want to discuss any more of Camille Grammer being in an episode. Dreadful. Okay. She's bottom of the barrel for you. Is there anyone yeah. else you perhaps would get a special mention? In case that wasn't clear, just mark me down as undecided for the moment. Okay. <laughs> I'm still thinking. <laughs> still thinking. I have gone for Aunt Zora, which won't surprise loads of people here. Patty, Patty Lapon as, as Aunt Zora, who by, you know, Patty Lapon by her own estimations, and that might be incorrectly pronounced, um, very, very well received actor and kind of well acclaimed in her own right. But yeah, this episode, as has already been discussed in the chat, a bit of a red herring, um, just the the delivery of Am I Right, her strangely authoritarian persona, um, just doesn't do it for me at all. Um, didn't, didn't, didn't love her. And in fact, Clive Roddy is like a saint compared to Aunt Zora for me. I'd rather watch a million Clive Roddies um, over Aunt Zora. Uh, you, you lovely people, who is your, your Clive Roddy pick? Has anyone got any particular people that they'd like to not shine the spotlight on because they just didn't enjoy them anyone want to share theirs do pop your hand up yeah Christina? I, can't find, I can't find the little hand thing but that's fine i right. can see i can see you tentatively <laughs> doing that so that's fine um i don't like dr shankman okay very very fair tell us why um just just the way that he was with niles in the room he's like um i know how you're feeling and you're you know, you're allowed to feel that way. Now I was like, really? You're sleeping with my wife and you were telling me <laughs> I think the fact that he actually tries to step it up to two sessions a week is just more of an insult, really, isn't it? You know, I, I could get more money out of this. Tell me how you're feeling about it. <laughs> Put yourself in my place. I very nearly did. Um, <laughs> the pajamas behind a little in the crotch. Yeah. You guys, you guys are killing me in the chat. But thank you, Christina. That's a great thing. Um, any anyone else want to share a character they didn't love? Anyone they didn't particularly 
particularly enjoy. Oh, John. Yeah, I'd like to nominate Trisha from Party Party. Trisha from Party Party. Tell us why, John. I just, she's not a good match for him. Mm-hmm. And um, you don't find that out until the very end of the episode. And it's just, the, the episode is just uh, coming and going and coming and going, you know, from he's trying to get out of parties and so forth. And then in order to see her, and then in the end, I don't know. She strikes John, me you, as a good nominee for this. John, have you heard the truth? <laughs> I feel like I'm about, you're about to. to. <laughs> <laughs> the truth has spoken. Uh, I'm so a few people are getting on the have you heard the truth in the in the chat there, which is excellent. Uh, a lovely kind of counter dish then to the Clive Roddy Award is our fourth Weeby of the evening, which is the Ferguson Award, which is obviously jumping the ship a little to, I think, season eight for taking liberties. Uh, which one-off character do we wish we had seen more of? And I think in particular, I'll invite you all to, to have a good think about this one, because um, I'd love to hear from as many of you about this. This is probably... We like to celebrate the show more than we like to poo-poo it, so this is a question we can answer a little bit more. So I'll uh, I'll come to the the listener the listener shortly. Steve, who have you gone for for your Ferguson Award? And this was a hard pick. Was it a one-off character? We've gone for one-off, but if you want to maybe twist the rules, I you know this is our inaugural Weebies. Well, I kind of want to pick Lilith, if I'm honest. Right. That sounds like you're grabbing us by the weebies and giving them a well, real twist there. she's kind um, of in more than one episode, isn't it? But if I go for is. the only one-off guest appearance, <laughs> no one's going to see this coming straight out of left field. Annie. <laughs> Annie. Excellent. Why, why Annie? <laughs> Just every line she's got is hilarious. Her British accent's terrible, which makes that hilarious. And I just think Cynthia LaMontagne's funny. Do you know what I mean? Just the way she just dibs on the Frenchman and all this and then uh, all over Niles and just everything she does, the acting in that, I just think she's just, I don't know, like I say, just hilarious. So, yeah, like I say, it's a bit of a random pick, but as a a one-off guest, I think she's really fun. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think think the puts one in mind of the Matterhorn... (laughs) I don't. I wouldn't. I'm not very musical. That might be one of the lines you and I quote most regularly to each other, and it doesn't. I don't know how it comes up because it's such a specific line, but we we do quote that a lot. What well, um, well, is that? And is any time anyone says we, and I have to just go, yeah, that will get you through the weekend. We. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, staying with the ski lodge, I've gone with Guy because I think Guy is is just excellent. Um, I can see really? Patrick applauding. Really, <laughs> there's the hand on the back. Um, you know, I'm going to work you very hard tomorrow. Just, you know, she did not like the way Annie was flirting with you. Every line is just amazing. Um, and it's so weird because I've said this in the podcast, but seeing him as like Naomi's dad in 90210, this kind of teenage drama, I was like, this is so weird. Uh, having seen this guy as kind of a stuffy white collar guy playing this kind of this ski, uh, ski instructor. Um, special mention though. I have gone for Kevin Kilner as Steve Garrett, Rick's dad, um, purely because I think he's his delivery of lines is really good, but also they're just such a convincingly nice couple. Um, they're annoyingly in, nice, aren't they? They're, yeah, they're like they're lovely, and we did talk about the problems therein that like Rick is pretty much not held accountable at all for you know his actions, and they're never mentioned again. But they are a very, very nice and, and 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 convincingly nice couple. And I just think he does a really good job. And Kevin Kilner, when I say that name and we see Steve Garrett, does anyone in the in the chat here know which film I immediately think of? He's not been in loads of films. 
I've just pop, pop it in the chat or pop a hand if anyone knows. I'll give you kind of 10 seconds as a little trivia question. I'm always thinking of Home Alone 3. He's the dad in Home Alone 3. And people hate Home Alone 3. They think it can only be one or two. It can only be the Macaulay Culkin Home Alones. But Home Alone 3. It can only be the Macaulay Culkin. Home Alone 3 is worth your time. It's worth your time. I promise you. I promise you. This is what shows the age difference, Will. This is what shows the age difference between me and you that Home Alone 1 and 2 were my age and Home Alone 3 is your age. But 1 and 2 are my (laughs) favourites. I love 1 and 2. But 3, I think, is unfairly maligned. Um, And Cheryl, you say there was a Home Alone 3. You're not alone in thinking (laughs) that. There was no one knows about the secret third one. I mean, they made it. <laughs> Corey's just put there's a Home Alone 4. Yeah, that is absolutely terrible. It can't um, happen every month or every year, can it? Surely children don't just get left home alone all the time now. Yeah, I mean, what, what's good? There's a crisis in America of children being left <laughs> alone during the holidays. Um, but yeah, I've gone for Gilly and I went for Rick, uh, as a, Rick's dad as a special mention. Let's go to the phones. Who is your pick for the Ferguson Award, uh, you wonderful listeners? Karen Saxon, let's hear from you. Um, I was just going to piggyback on um, what Steve said about Annie. I, I really mm. liked her in the episode and it would just be nice to have Daphne have a friend. Like, you know, I liked her and Daphne interacting or Daphne interacting with a friend. So if she was there a couple more episodes, it would just be seeing her in a, you know, doing something a little bit different in the shows. That would be nice to see her with a friend. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think the fact that, like I said, with the, fo- uh, the not the Fox and Whistle episode, the Where Every Bloke Knows Your Name, it's nice to see Daphne kind of orbiting a different, you know, a different social circle than she does at 1901. And actually, she has a life beyond those four walls. Um, John, Sorry, sorry I was going to say, you mean you don't want to see Daphne as a Swiss Army wife? Because basically, is there a job in the world that Daphne doesn't do? I know. I mean, she's, she's a chauffeur. She's a cleaner. You know, she goes and gets washing. She, you know, just everything. Or oh, a physical therapist. And, and you know, now she can do that as well. She could have friends outside. It's nice for her. <laughs> Patrick says, what was the name of the woman who was after Niles on Voyage of the Damned? A good question. Mimi. 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 Mimi Stanhope, is it? Is it Mimi Stanhope? Everything uh, yeah, that the she one... said was just perfect. Like she was just like, "Oh, what's her name? Oh, yes, Maris. What an angel!" <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good episode as well. I love that episode. Um, Alistair, your Ferguson Award. Yeah, I love Robert from the Cheese Shop Excellent. because I. Lo- it reminded me, and this may be jumping ahead a bit, of course, but Cam Winston and Fraser's rivalry. I think there was a potential for Martin and Robert to continue on and possibly become friends, peaks and valleys in the relationship. I thought that set and the character were hilarious. Yeah, no one I... calls me Robert. <laughs> Patrick <laughs> just popped that in the chat. Um, I couldn't agree more, actually. I think it's so nice when Frasier is kind of clashing with some kind of, you know, Derek Mann or Cam Winston. Martin needs a few more kind of foes because he's he's a hot-headed, ornery guy um he he would definitely meet his fair share of those i think uh jonathan watkins i see a hand there yeah so i was going to nominate the perfect guy whose name escapes me at the moment i just enjoyed the interaction with him and frazier i thought we could continue that over a few more episodes i thought that that was a, a source of a lot of laughs to be honest the yeah, name we're looking for is Clint Weber, played by Billy That's Campbell. That's the one. <laughs> the inventor of the pink Weber, um, which I've always wanted to make at home. But yeah, he's he's got a great dynamic. Um, and and again, it's it's just kind of a general good bit of comic relief. He's done well, he's written well um in the in the show. Uh Eminent Eminence. 
Um, oh, I, oh, there we go. I was watching um, the zoo story, and I think Ben would have been cool to see some more. He's ethical and funny and doing all these good deeds for everybody, and he was perfect fodder for BB. Um, but yeah, just having him come back maybe to see some other client that maybe isn't in bankruptcy in his rumpus room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. I think that'd be great, actually. I could see some kind of like Frasier backed by by BB, and then Niles backed by Ben in some kind of strange kind of Crane versus Crane episode again. Um, Stalin says that I hope the pink weather doesn't taste like Pepto-Bismol. It does very much look like that. Um, it's, it's a kind of occupational hazard of drinking those things. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for sharing your, your Ferguson awards. I think that's probably one of the more... Oh, Corey, my God, yeah. yes, you can, good sir. I don't think I can like raise my hand because of the way you set me up. So that's, uh, I'm also doing that too. Uh, I want to <laughs> nominate the, uh, the, um, the waiter <clears throat> from Room Service. Yes, because he can just hang with Lilith and Frazier and Niles, and it's amazing. Yeah, I mean the delivery of okay, it's just yeah. <laughs> Where's, the card? <laughs> Where's the card? <laughs> Where, where's the card? <laughs> uh, just he's he's just kind of building exasperation and how like how done he is with this kind of ridiculous scene. Um, I can't, I can't imagine that poor guy walking in and a casting director standing there and saying, right, here's your line. And he says, there's only one word on this card. And he says, we just want you to say, OK, please. And look really yeah. annoyed. And he did it. And they went, that is the man for the job. He read the word, <laughs> OK, perfectly. Off we you just, go. We want you to just hit this out of the park. What have you got? And then he, Perfect. And then he we'll, just... we'll be in touch. We'll call you. <laughs> I only have it once a year. The, kind of the rich. Has anyone here? I've never had. I mean, this, everyone on the podcast knows I have like two poached eggs every day of my life. I'm an egg man. I've never had, I don't think I've ever had uh, eggs Benedict. I've never had eggs Florentine, even after a night of passion. Uh, I was say, Charlotte's <laughs> not treating you right here. <laughs> um, I, I, I think I need, I need to try these things. You know, to quote John Lennon, I am the egg man and I need to, uh, I need to, I need to try these, these dishes. Um, our next awards, and we're getting we're getting down to the to kind of the end of the of the show now. There's still a few things to do before we depart, but we're getting closer. Is our person of the season award, formerly known as Man of the Year, uh, and this goes to our favourite overall performance in a particular episode. Um, this was really hard to think of, and I'll be brutally honest. I'm not I'm, I'm not immensely happy with my response because I think I could have thought about it a little bit deeper and I could probably pull out a different answer every time. Very interested to hear from listeners shortly. Steve, what did you make of this award? Was it difficult to give out? Where did your mind go? To think of not only one episode, but to think of one person in one episode who gave a specifically very, very good over-the-top performance wasn't easy. Um, yeah, it's hard. I picked Kelsey as Frasier. And if anyone wants to think about the episode, you might not think that I'm going to say room service. I think his performance in room service is brilliant. The interaction with Niles, where Niles says, are we going to be okay? And he says, no. Or no, he says, are, you going to, are we okay? And he says, no, but we will be. Okay. And then it's followed by the sort of things of like, and looky here, it's only 9.30. Do you know what I mean? And he goes to storm out. Oh, good, you're back. No, I'm in a dressing gown, you idiot. Do you know what I mean? Just... <laughs> The whole way through that, I think you're supposed to actually think Niles is probably a bit more of the performer in that. But I, I think Kelsey steals every scene he's in in that. The the argument towards the end, I think it just builds and builds. And, and I think Kelsey just shines through so well in that from his understanding, but also his aggression towards Niles in places. 
and the way he speaks to Lilith, etc. I just think he shows so many variety, you know, such a variety of emotions compared to David Hyde Pierce in that episode. I just think that, that was basically how I got to that answer. So yeah, Kelsey Frazier, room service. It's a great, a great pick. And as I say, I'm not. I'm, I, I like my response, but I, I could definitely pick a different one each time. I've gone for Frazier. I've gone for Kelsey again, and I've gone for his performance in the ski lodge purely because. <laughs> I think he, he we always we always laud David Hyde Pierce for the physical comedy, rightly so. But I think Kelsey's amazing in this episode, strutting around topless, his kind of uniquely barrel-chested physique just kind of really adds to the the kind of the humor in this episode. The delivery of obviously at the end, no one was chasing me, the constant kind of sexual innuendo towards Annie. Um, which you know, depending on how you how you watch the episode, is 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 kind of uncomfortable, but is also hilarious. Um, I just I, and the way he orchestrates the whole thing, I think his, you know, Guy obviously is a kind of uh, a spanner in the works, as is Annie. But I think Frasier orchestrates the absolute farce of that episode. Um, and I just think, yeah, Kelsey really makes that episode sing. Um, you're not even the sex I want. Um, can I go to the phones? Does anyone want to share their favourite performance of the season? Cheryl Robinson, that hand went up quick. Unmuting. Okay, so I picked Kelsey, but I picked Kelsey because of when he talked about being a parent both times. So when he went to Roz's apartment and talked about how you fall in love and then oh, when he yeah. said, oh, look how beautiful your mom is. <laughs> but they said, oh, well, you know, maybe a little later or something like that. But anyway, to me, I just like the way he talked about being a parent was just like amazing. And I just loved it so much. So oh, amazing. Yeah, the delivery. Sometimes when he he delivers those really emotional lines, like you don't just love them, you fall in love with them. Love with them. His the gravity of his voice, it's just kind of like it kind of just what you just want to kind of sleep and kind of listen to that lovely voice. It's just it's so comforting and, and powerful and reassuring. Um, yeah, that's a that's a really wonderful scene. Anyone sorry else? To, to sorry Steve? to interrupt quickly, Will. You've just got you've got someone in the waiting room is messaging the podcast. So if you can let them in, and they Hamish, are on their way. is struggling, but I think Corey may have some stuff from him in a minute. So sorry, carry on. That's okay. Um, who else would like to share their person of the season award? Alistair, take it away, my friend. Yeah, I certainly don't want to monopolize, but. And we'll bend the rules a little bit. It's the first weebies, right? But (laughs) Roz and the way she deals with the pregnancy, while she's very happy, she's also terrified. And Steve has touched on this a couple of times, I think. You know, while Frasier's very funny and it's lighthearted and it's humorous, there are times in people's lives where they can really tie in and relate to it. And I'm sure there was lots of people out there who could really understand that emotion of being excited and terrified. And I thought the character of Roz, the development through the season, Dealing with that was just fantastic. Does does yeah. that bring you up to say your favourite quote, Will? Uh, kids need milk because I think kids say, need milk. <laughs> I think you Honestly, say it better than Perry Gilfin does. To be quite <laughs> honest, I, I I say that line a lot now in in this house because Charlotte is 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 kind of um, she's lactose intolerant, so we buy soy milk. But I I have a little milk. Um, that I, that is that is cow's milk that I could like to put in my coffee, um, and often that that one will be depleted, and we were not about to do the the weekly shop, and I'll just be sitting there saying, "Will needs milk." We ran out of milk um, in the same voice. Um, Lindsay Marshall has got her hand up. Hi guys, uh, I vote David Hyde Pierce in the Maris Counselor, Excellent. especially 
at the end when he says, uh, uh, goodbye, Maris, I don't have to take your crap anymore. And I turned on my heel and walked away. Absolutely. So, Brilliant so scene. good. So Brilliant convincing scene. as well. And just, yeah, it just, there's so much emotion behind that marriage. And it's it's often played for comic relief, but when he wants to be serious, he can be serious as well. Um, and, that, and then yeah. he's a fun single guy afterwards. <laughs> exactly. Finally single. Finally single and ready to mingle. Um, mm. Absolutely. Um, anyone else before we move on? on a sh- Christina, go for it. Uh, yes, I just want to say I agree with um, Cheryl and Alistair talking about um, Frasier and uh, talking about being a parent. And it just resonates a lot with me. Uh, this whole season, Roz being pregnant and I'm pregnant. So it just gets oh. me really, really emotional, you know, and, you know, falling in love with your kids. And yeah, so I'll give it to Kelsey as well. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And, and congratulations as well. That's Thank amazing you. news. Amazing news. Um, right, we're getting into the the last two awards of the of the night now. So we probably will be running to about an hour. Uh, we're going to start with our bottom three episodes of the season. So it's more of a Razzie than an award. Um, we're touching on these throughout the night, so it's not going to be particularly groundbreaking. But again, if something hasn't been said and you want to vent a frustration, you want to vent something that you don't love about the season. And, you know, we love the show so much. This is the safest space to possibly vent your, your <laughs> concerns. Um, let's maybe just do a bit of a back and forth, Steve. So. My first bit, I'm going to I'm going to go through the ones I've already mentioned first. So I don't I don't use up things we could talk about. Barrera of Greeks is bottom three for me. Um, is that in your bottom three? You will be surprised to learn that Beware of Greeks is in my bottom three. It is in your. I don't think we need to say much more about that. It's got some redeeming moments, but it's it's a struggle, isn't it, to find them? I when we've done the other two, I'll reveal a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the bottom episode for the for yeah. the season for me. It's the weakest episode. Okay, I, I mean, I haven't rewatched all of season five full disclosure ahead of this recap which you know maybe as a as a podcast host i should have done but that's just a <laughs> staggering amount of work um i've gone for desperately seeking closure um and i think it's because i don't mind frazier's relationship with sam um but then desperately seeking closure he just comes across as yeah i don't know i just don't love that version of frazier it's it's kind of an orthodox it's not something we're, we're used to seeing from him and he's just going to really spirals and free falls and just don't don't love that episode and that kind of that as a two-parter it kind of doesn't really know where it wants to go so they had to wrap it up quickly in the second part then it's kind of an unofficial two-parter uh so that's what i've gone for as my kind of next bottom pick what about you steve this isn't going to give us much to talk about, but I've actually gone for the same episode. And Have you? Practically for the same reason. I actually really like my fair Frasier. And I think same. when we first meet Sam, it's quite exciting. I find him absolutely irritating as hell in uh, Desperately Seeking Closure. I know that it's supposed to be he, that he's needy and he's playing the woman in the relationship, apparently. And he, he just I think it's just over the top that Frazier would be like that, because I don't think he'd be like that at all. He's very, very confident as a person. He's confident with the women he's dated. Why would he turn into this person with Sam? But yeah, I just I just the whole the episode's fun. Don't get me wrong. I don't think there's actually a really bad episode in season five. Um, but he's just too needy and just too irritating in that episode for me to actually really enjoy watching him. 
Yeah, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. My my next pick, it feels a bit unfair, and I think to be honest, I could I could probably swap this out for something else. Um, but I never look forward to this coming back up on the rewatch cycle, and it's it's the zoo story. Um, I just don't love this this kind of plot point. Um, it's a good BB episode because BB's always good good value for money, but I don't love the zoo story. Though, as I've said a million times on the podcast, it is novel because it's the only time we see the Cafe Nervosa bathroom. So that is the one, one tiny <laughs> redeeming factor that does make this episode really interesting. And, you know, when you see those kind of those those reels and, and TikToks and memes and things of like people like watching, I don't know, Lord of the Rings. And then when Aragorn kicks the, the helmet and then like obviously he actually breaks his toe in real life and then. It, the, the joke is that if you're watching that with someone who's never seen it, you're like sweating, waiting to tell them. I am going to be like this with Charles, going, that's the only time we see the Cabo de Mozambique. <laughs> um, and she's not going to give, you know, uh, an SHIT. That, that's that's by the by. Um, what's your final pick, Steve? Uh, final pick, final pick, final pick. The Kid. Oh, okay. Okay, t- tell us why. So I think, I think that's going to cause some shock in the crowd there. <laughs> When I said it's going to be difficult, uh, when it's, well, it's going to be interesting as to why I've picked these, Beware of the Greeks stands out more as a dud. Out of the 24 episodes, I find Beware of the Greeks is a bit of a dud. Yeah. When we reviewed a lot of season four, we sort of touched upon Liar Liar being that kind of crappy filler episode. It wasn't that exciting to watch. There's some funny lines in it, but it. Did, I, I always said to you, it didn't need to be there. That episode could be erased and you wouldn't really miss anything. There's no progression to Niles and Fraser's relationships other than John Rajeski coming out of prison. Mm-hmm. If that didn't happen, I wouldn't care. The storyline would continue perfectly fine. The kid, I know it has to be there because she has to realise she's pregnant in Halloween. It's kind of almost a two-parter, isn't it? Because we find out the last moment of Halloween that she's pregnant. And then obviously, we, you know, he, she discusses it more with Fraser in the second one. Um, I just, out of the 24 episodes in season five, if I'm honest, there's one bad one, and that's Beware of the Greeks. So I kind of chucked the kid in as an episode I don't find as fun as the others. It's not the worst episode. It's just there's... 20 better ones that's it simple yeah. as that well Just in the old rank, ranks lower <laughs> exactly and in, in the old format that, that that we used to do on these recaps which we i think have kind of rightly retired was where we'd rank every episode which was fun for us as kind of stat <laughs> nerds but it does not make for riveting listening um by any stretch of the imagination um this often boiled down to what you just said like we don't actively hate the episode um you know there's there's always redeeming things you know Nervosa bathrooms notwithstanding um but sometimes we just have to say there's better episodes out there which leads us to the more oh no before we do that i want to hear from listeners if there is a particular episode that they really don't like and i I particularly want to hear if it's not an episode that's been said um however if it has been said by all means do say uh cheryl she's got to have it um it's just so cringy the hair on the pillow the dark apartment i'm just i, I just don't like it <laughs> yeah and cheryl's not a fan of the mouse painted moon howling sort of girls no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and whenever i get my hair cut there is a moment where i do look at the hair and think could, could i could i could I, could I do this um do you, do you ever look at the floor when your mom's cutting your hair and go it's mostly mine <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly mine um any other any other people want to tell us an episode that they don't get on board with and it can be one that we've already discussed by all means um anything else i won't put anyone on the spot 
Okay, well then let's think about episodes that we do love and let's end today's Weeby Awards, the inaugural Weebies, um, with our top three episodes before, of the season. Before we go to that, Corey, have you spoken to Hamish? Have you got any you've got some trivia, I believe, possibly going yeah. through? Yes, he did send me some things. Um I'm Is that all right, Will, if, if Corey butts in there? Oh my god, oh, Corey, <laughs> get that butt right in there. There is yes, no so, butt um... more welcome in this chat. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, I don't know what to say. No one's ever said that to me before. <laughs> and I even didn't even have uh, eggs fourteen. Um, so first question from Hammy: What is the longest episode of the podcast recorded this season, and how long is it? Oh man, that's a good one. Um, let me look at the episode list. I think whilst I think the ski lodge probably was quite long. Um, uh, I'm going to go with a ski lodge. I'm going to say it was 78 minutes. I would have to guess if it's not ski lodge, I think it might be Halloween because I think we dragged trivia out quite a bit because we gave quite a lot of questions. I, I'm going to go with Halloween. I think an hour and a half, 90 minutes. Uh, according to the number year, uh, it was... The one thousandth show at an hour and thirty six minutes. Oh my wow. word! Wow. ninety six yeah. minutes. Um, the, sorry, I I've lost audio, but I could still talk. You can hear me. Yeah, we can hear you. We can okay, hear cool. you. Um, what what is significant about the ep- that episode, the the podcast episode's date and its actual link to Fraser the show? Surely, I didn't release it on Fraser Crane Day. No, because that's September the 11th. It's only just passed. Was oh. it recorded on someone's birthday? Did we release it on someone's birthday to do with the show? Unless we recorded it on the date that it was recorded. Ah. Which would have been... Let me see when that was. Can you guys was. still hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. It just stopped on me. Um, the It's it's the same air date as the, the actual show, just wow. uh, a many so, years later. Um, what, 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 what was that date? Yeah. What was the date? Sorry, Corey. Yeah. How about I stop until I can figure out my audio and we can come back? That sounds good. That sounds good. Um, let's go then to top three episodes of the season. I'm going to kick things off with the 1000th show. It was in my top 10. Um, I'm not going to go on another rant, but I really love that episode. Steve, what about you? Uh, two out of season five were in my top ten, and I nearly switched one out in this top three of the uh, season five recap. But clearly, I'm going to have to put them both in. So, at number one, Halloween. Mm, you love Halloween, and Halloween absolutely, is very good. Absolutely adore the episode. Um, even if Ross wasn't pregnant, I think that would be an absolutely brilliant storyline. I think me and you really enjoyed. Um, talking the literature through, you know, the characters, you know, the science behind how they fitted costumes to the actors rather than the other way around. You know what I mean? It, it just, I think that the whole scene in the Montana and everything is just so well constructed. The lines, the fact that they picked the perfect characters for everyone to play. Do you know what I mean? Even down to Gil playing the last of the Mohicans. So Martin can have that gag about him, you know, and solving the mystery and the, the cheese and <laughs> Niles's run. Margin splendor. <laughs> you know, who picked Bergerac just so he can say, what's your nose bent out of shape about? Just all of that just makes it, for me, a flawless episode. So yeah. that's my yeah. number one. 
Excellent, excellent. So my yeah, my number one, I, I would go with the one thousand show as, as number one of my top three. Um, I really do love that episode. Uh, my number two, probably very unsurprisingly, is the Ski Lodge top top farce, brilliant cameos. What has what is there to say about this episode that hasn't been said already? Um, I think it's probably going to feature in most people's top three here. Um, what's your number two, Steve? Spot on, Ski Lodge. Ski Lodge. Ski Again, Lodge. it was in it was in my top ten. Um, both of those two that I've mentioned now are in my top ten, so they they had to be the top two of this of this season. There might be some differentiation then in our third pick. Oh, there um, will be. I I really struggled here. Um, because there's there's plenty of episodes that I I I feel quite fondly towards. Um, and the more I look at it, the more I realise it was actually a toss up between the gift horse and room service. And I couldn't decide really, but I, I did ultimately go with room service. No because... way. So did I. Oh, <laughs> it's 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 purely because Lilith is amazing, but it's also just perfect Fraser and Niles discord, but heartfelt discord. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add there? Well, for a start, I honestly thought that my choice was very strange and I didn't think you'd go anywhere near room service. I know that <laughs> it, it, as we spoke about when we reviewed the episode, I think a lot of fans of the show think it's a little bit wrong. Do you know what I mean? Why do they need to put Niles with Lilith? I do get and, that, yeah. You know, and morally it is kind of wrong what Niles did, but we won't go back through that. Um, but I just think there's there's so much good acting in it. There's so much good writing in it. Lilith is an outstanding actress. Bibi Newis is an outstanding actress. And I think she really delivers that part so well. Um, and it, it just makes me appreciate that episode more that you've got her with David High Pierce and Kelsey all in one go. Do you know what I mean? That that's that's perfect for me. Yeah, amazing. Um, right, let's go to the phones. Listeners, tell us your favorite episode of the season. Doesn't matter if it's been said, doesn't matter if we've talked about it. We want to know why you love it. Let's share some Fraser love. Um, who would like to talk? Yeah, Patrick, take it away. So um, I don't know if we talked about Life of the Party. Is that the one where Martin gets the color in a can and he dyes his hair brown? And I think the the one that really got me was when he kept saying, hey, you have another one of those Marty parties? And he just kept (laughs) 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 repeating. We had a great trivia question, which was what gets said more in that episode, Marty Party or what was the other what was the other option? In the word, oh, I, I can't remember. I think I got it wrong. Um, but oh, it was it, it bat mitzvah, bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah. Oh, oh Daphne doesn't always work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so sorry, Patrick, did you have more to say there? No, that was it. That was it. <laughs> awesome, great pick. Life of the party is excellent. Uh, Karen Saxon, um, so I'd say my top is Halloween, uh, awesome. Sure. And then um, actually my second, I love the kid, actually. I just that's someone I could just like just keep watching over and over again. I just think like line that just flows so nicely. And then my third was would probably be perspectives on Christmas. Nice. Um, usually I don't love the like, oh, um, what's it? Misunderstanding, you know, but just that the whole not um, the differing perspectives and hearing about like Daphne thinking that Martin's dying and the differences when she yeah. hears how they you know respond to her from the kitchen is it's just really good and the ending's really nice so i will say actually one part you've mentioned the kid there and and the one redeeming feature i absolutely love is kelsey's delivery of but i just got here (laughs) when when she shouts go away through the door that 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 kills me literally every single time i know it's coming and i still die laughing every time (laughs) kelsey shouts that so so good uh imminent eminence take it away 
So the thousandth show, 100% hands down favorite episode because I went to Seattle for a work trip and I was able to retrace those steps and it was so oh, fun. Oh, that's amazing. All of the things and it was great and I almost got hit by the fish. I have I have the video and I did it on purpose. I stood there to say, hit with the fish. Um, I really also, I know a lot of people don't like it, but where, where, where every bloke knows your name, I like it because I watched Cheers. I went through season three up through th- season 11 to see Frazier's story on there and fell in love with Cheers. And so it gave me kind of a Cheers vibe. And then of course the ski lodge for all the reasons that everybody's. Amazing. Amazing. I should say James in our uh, crowd here is the host of the preeminent Cheers podcast. Um, so do go and check that out. We have got uh, an interview with James. Oh, no, we were on James's podcast um, as well, talking about the show and our mutual love. So, uh, James, post that in the in the chat. If you haven't already, please do not feel afraid to advertise your wonderful podcast. Uh, Laura Hughes. The Ski Lodge, of course, I know it's been mentioned, but I think the lines from it are so iconic, which we've all been referencing throughout today, but it's the stage direction for me that really just puts it above any other episode, that it's run like a piece of theatre, and whoever was in charge of the stage direction of it, it just adds to the humour so much. So, of course, the lines are iconic, but the just the watching it is, is just incredible. Um, yeah, it's so, so true. It is such a fun one to watch unfold. Um, and I, I was talking about this earlier, actually, but we said it a million times, but the, the, it's such a uniquely audio friendly sitcom that you could just kind of uh, the, the ski lodge is a different is a different example. But like it's it's so much like a stage play. You can often just listen to it. You don't necessarily need to look at it. But that's a perfect kind of blend of the two working so well. It's like a stage play, but even the audio is hilarious in that episode. Um, Alistair. Oh, sorry, Steve, I, was, Steve. I was going to say the reason behind the ski lodge probably being so successful is obviously written by Joe Keenan, but directed by David Lee. Um, so, I mean, yeah. that's a winning combination in my eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alistair? Yeah, I'll just jump on quickly. I'm going to jump on the room service trolley, but don't worry, there'll be no food in the bathroom uh, for this one. But um, it, there's quite a few throwbacks to um, the show where Lilith comes back, you know, in a previous season in title cards and character lines, things like that. And I'm sure most of us, because we're all huge Frasier fans, love looking for those little things, those callbacks, those Easter eggs, those things hidden. And I don't have the list in front of me, but there's five or six of them in this episode, particularly throwing back to the first episode that Lilith is in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, amazing. So thank you all for sharing your, your wonderful picks there. Uh, Corey, did you say you had a little bit of extra info for us? As he struggles to unmute his microphone. Sound of Corey turning on mic. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll fill the air. We'll fill the air with oh, Steve's doing this to me. Um, <laughs> I can see I can see the producer up in the booth. Um, we have on that note, um, we're not going to say too much, but there's going to be a little surprise coming your way um, around Halloween, hopefully on Halloween, which is my birthday, uh, no less. So there will be a special episode coming out then. Um, we're not going to reveal too much about it, but it's it's we're excited about it. A little bit of fun. Um, so that's on its way. Corey, I can see you're unmuted. Okay, okay. I have no clue what happened. I'm so sorry. Don't you? Don't you worry. Uh, well, he had one. Hammy had one more trivia question. If you want to take a stab at it, how? Yeah. Uh, the last one is an episode recorded of "We're Listening" this season for season five uh, was released 
on Spotify in New Zealand on Christmas Day. What episode? Ooh. An episode went out on Christmas Day. I can tell you what it is. I, well, I, well, I think I know what it is. I have no idea. How would an episode gone out on Christmas Day? Was I? Did I upload one on Christmas Day or on you, Christmas Eve? You you uploaded one on Christmas Eve. I believe. Is it? Was it perspectives on Christmas? Was it actually a Christmas episode? I don't know if I was that organised, but let's say no. That. I think it just might have freakishly happened. <laughs> it was not perspectives on Christmas. It was an episode that Will has mentioned as a personal favourite. Oh, is it, this whole time. is it the 1000th show? No. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Roll out the barrels. Tw- well, 22 more to pick from, Will. Roll out the barrels. It was where yeah. every bloke knows your name. Yes, yes. Oh, how, how weird that that's how it ended up working out. We could have tried harder, I'm sure, to get perspectives on Christmas <laughs> out at Christmas, but there you go. Um, well, that concludes the inaugural Weebies. Um, a massive thank you, firstly, to Corey and Hamish for their trivia and their behind-the-scenes work. Um, a huge thank you to Alistair for suggesting this format, which I think has been a huge success. Um, I've had a lot of fun and it's it's definitely a more interactive and, and fun format to just hear from you guys. Um, thank you so much for coming. It's so lovely uh, to have you here um, and to have a little mini audience to do this with and just share a love for the show. Um, I saw earlier you all, you're all sharing where you're from in the world, which is just amazing. And Steve wanted to talk about this earlier as well because we you know we have people that listen from all over and we've got this little mini corner of the of the world today or tonight depending on where you are um sharing love for for a show that we all care deeply about um which is amazing i can see chameleon song is here as well a huge thank you for the theme music that you have made for for the podcast which is incredible there is a very special new theme tune that will be playing at the end of this live episode when it goes out, um, hopefully tomorrow, but I've got a lot of stuff to do. So it will be at some point this week. Um, so look out for that. But yeah, Wyndham, you are amazing. Thank you so much. No, thanks guys. It's, uh, can you hear me? Okay. We can indeed. Yeah, Yeah, no, it, it's, um, it's, uh, it's really great to, uh, to be, to be on the live show. Sorry, I was a bit late, but um, no, you know, you it's really, it's, it's a really, um it's a really great podcast and um you know i think um i must say like i i thought i was quite abnormal in my you know viewing habits and i probably still am but um you know hearing you guys considerably kind of you know cooler than me um e- equally kind of you know watching and rewatching the same program over and over again um is great and the show just really captures the kind of the the warmth of of uh of Frasier and you know we're so so grateful that you carried on going you know and that Steve has stepped in so there will be a new jingle uh, updates jingle at some point Steve That's will exciting. be in Steve will be in there you know he <laughs> absolutely <laughs> d- deserves to be in there and um yeah little surprise just to uh tide tide us over for, for now but uh yeah great great work guys but love the uh podcast Thank you so much. That's really, really kind. Um, that is, that's just lovely words. Uh, Alistair, is that a hand that's raised or has he just left it up from earlier? There you go. That's absolutely fine. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't leaving you hanging before we before we left. Um, well, but I, well, I, oh, sorry. Did someone say something? Yeah, it's Corey. Um, Corey. In the podcast chat, Hammy has listener mail from himself and Amy if you guys wanted to take a look. Oh, your yeah, voices are, your voices are much you... more entertaining than me. Will, do you want to read that out? 
Yeah, is this on Facebook? Here we go. Uh, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask. Um, shall I ask? Who who are we asking the trivia to? Should we ask it to listeners because we can see the answers? Well, no, I haven't, I haven't that's the it. trivia I already read. It's the <laughs> listener mail right below it. Oh, okay, perfect. Um, here I'll read this out. So this is from Amy. Uh, Run for your life from uh, the trivia cadre. Uh, sending big respect to Will, Steve, and Key. Really good that I couldn't make this season recap, but just wanted to pass on so much love and thanks to you all for creating and building on such a unique community. Having the podcast is so valuable to me. It acts as a comforting constant in life's ever-changing waves. Thank you also for following and sharing my own little project, the Fraser Pottery Project on Instagram. It's so nice to be able to connect with more Fraser fans. So excited for season six. Now, off I go. So go and follow the Fraser Pottery Project if you don't already um because it's amazing uh from hammy i'll keep it short because i'm upside down in new zealand it wouldn't let me log in unfortunately so we'll get that sorted for next time absolutely shattered that i can't be part of uh, of today but let me just say it's an honor to be part of this beautiful podcast with such beautiful people uh up the villa my lads and i love you all hammy aka cam winston amazing thank you all so much for coming today or tonight wherever you are you make this podcast what it is we love you all and here is to season six which will be commencing within the next seven days we will be recording the start of season six so it's coming look out for that but otherwise have a lovely lovely rest of the day or evening and you are free to leave steve should we hang around till the end and you and i can have a bit of a chat um but everyone else feel free to leave now it is lovely to thank see you, you all thank you all lovely to see you all thank you all take care hey baby i hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs oh my and maybe i seem a bit confused yeah maybe but i got you pegs <laughs> but i don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs 